0: Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Wyoming. I'm Mark Hamilton, your host. And today we'll be talking about that strange Wyoming weather. We'll also be talking about The Sound of Freedom, the movie, coming up this 4th of July. We'll be talking about 4th of July here in the state of Wyoming, in Cody, Wyoming. And we'll be talking about 4th of July in territorial Wyoming. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for joining us. Taking a look at Wyoming weather here today on the 28th day of June. Yes, a couple more days and we'll be in July. Our weather continues to be strange. We're getting these storms. This little bit of warm weather today on the 28th. Looks like we're going to maybe start to straighten up by the weekend. But we've just had storm after storm, which has caused a lot of issues with water. I know the Bighorn Mountains are shut off a lot of the campground areas because of the mud and the issues that have gone on. With the roads, I don't know if they'll open them back up. It warms up over to the Fourth of July. It'd be really disappointing if they couldn't get people up on the mountain. But I was across to Sheridan again this week. The crowds are are not many people on the mountain right now. I guess biggest issue is access. But weather continues to be wet here in the state of Wyoming. We're cooling off, which is nice. But um, I think I have a feeling we're going to straighten up here coming into July. And get into some hot weather. But boy, stuff out there is growing. It's just beautiful everywhere. As I say every week, I'm a broken record on the state of Wyoming. How gorgeous is it out there. But again, weather in Wyoming continues to be unseasonably wet, maybe with a trending towards hot and heading into that fourth of July. Fourth of July weekend is upon us. Where the Fourth of July is on a Tuesday. I guess this is officially coming up this weekend is our Fourth of July weekend. Again, as I mentioned in weather, some of those plans have caused some issues. I know for us, we do have a wedding on July 1st. Our niece is getting married up at Shell. And I think right now the weather looks like it's going to be cooperative. We always have a family barbecue down at the Hot Springs State Park. And we always like to go floating. And I think, as I said in the previous episodes, it looks like right now that that's not going to happen. The river is just streaming, screaming through town. They actually did cut it down to eight thousand cubic feet, but they—it uh, is just unbelievable the amount of rain and and the issues going on. So this can be pretty, pretty high for quite a while. I did see where our camp, our area that we do uh, rent there at the park, the uh, JCs have a section there, and there is a parking lot down there. And I noticed the water is right up to the retaining wall. The whole parking lot's underwater. But our area, it looks good. So we'll make a decision on what we're going to do. I'll talk to the state park people. But Usually we have a pretty good crowd there and uh, do quite a bit of cooking. We'll have a little brisket and pulled pork and chicken and burgers and brats. And about anything you can think of, we're going to have it that day. Uh, So we'll see how that turns out. Again, wedding weekend, a lot of other things going on making a trip up to Billings and back. I have one of my daughters coming in for the wedding, and then she has to go back on the 4th of July. So it looks like it's going to be a busy few days. And kind of a sad happening for the family. My youngest daughter lives in Japan. She's had a little miniature Yorkie named Koda. Had him for 15 years. Passed away yesterday. Went over that rainbow bridge. He's a just unbelievable little boy, and little Yorkie just... uh, attached to my daughter and they are in a kind of sad. Her and her husband are going to be a little blue. It's going to be a little lonely. Of course, they do have another dog and a cat, but that uh, little boy has been with her for the teen years. They are the type that with you 24-7 more or less. And I just, heart goes out to my daughter. Coda's in in a better place and went across that rainbow bridge. And also this weekend is the premiere of Sound of Freedom. I don't know if you've been watching on any of the networks or there are a lot of interviews. Jim Cadisel is the character that plays, is the main character or plays the main character in the movie, uh, a gentleman that is involved with rescuing of kids that have been trafficking or being trafficking, that have been abducted, against their wills, into prostitution, child labor. They talk about child sacrifice. Just a lot of stuff that just makes you just cringe. It's, it's so bad. And this movie, I think, is going to have a major impact. The amount of money, 100 I've seen figures of 140 to $150 billion. This child exploitation racket going on. And I don't know what is wrong with people. Any person, in my opinion, that does this, I, I, I don't have anything good for him. I guess if I had my way, I, it would be a short trial. But um, it's a sad time in our country, especially with the southern border. And uh, so if you get a chance, go see The Sound of Freedom. And uh, I plan on trying to take it in on the 4th up in Buildings, Montana. Looking forward to seeing it. And I'll have a little bit more to talk about about that movie next week. Since we talk about the town of Cody a lot in Buffalo Bill, today we're going to look at the 4th of July in Cody, Wyoming. And this comes from Cody Yellowstone, the celebration from their homepage. And July 4th is the biggest holiday of the year in the small northwest Wyoming town of Cody. So big it takes five days to pack in all the fun. The event, which travel and leisure calls one of the most unconventional Independence Day celebrations in the country, kicks off on June 30th with a special Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association sanctioned bull riding rodeo event called the Cody Yellowstone Extreme Bulls. The fun continues over the next four days with four PCRA-sanctioned Cody Stampede Rodeos, parades, the three-day Wild West Art Fest, and the 40th Annual Runner Stampede, and musical performances at outdoor venues throughout town. The annual celebration concludes following the July 4th rodeo with a spectacular firework show over the rodeo grounds. The roots of the Cody Stampede can be traced to 1896, 125 years ago, when William F. Buffalo Bill Cody founded the town that bears his name. He chose the town's location 52 miles from the eastern boundary of Yellowstone National Park. There he envisioned a town that could support not only the ranches and farms throughout the region, but also captured the interest and the dollars of the tourists who were increasingly passing through on the way to the park. Buffalo Bill Cody is best known as the legendary showman behind the Wild West Show, a traveling extravaganza that entertained audiences in the U.S. and Europe with performances that included skilled cowboys and cowgirls hailing from western ranches who theatrically demonstrated bronco riding, roping, and other rodeo-type skills. It's no surprise to them that ranchers Living near the town, he found it often entertained themselves during their few hours off by engaging in informal contests such as calf roping, steer wrestling, and horse racing. The contest became a favorite pastime with town residents gathering to watch the show. These rodeo style contests continue to grow in popularity. The Cody Stampede is marking its 102nd anniversary this year. The stampede got its start where a group of local leaders, including a lawyer, dude ranch owner, newspaper editor, and a public, savvy, and nationally known female novelist, met three years after the death of town founder Buffalo Bill Cody to talk about how to transform this town's small annual 4th of July celebration into an event that would showcase Cody's authentic western dude ranches and its proximity to Yellowstone National Park. Among the most vocal of these leaders, the only female present was Caroline Lockhart, whose best-selling novels in the early 1900s had earned her fame and fortune. Once the group settled in on naming the event the Cody Stampede and sketched a general framework, Lockhart took the reins as president. She set about publicizing it in the Park County Enterprise, Buffalo Bills newspaper, which was later renamed the Cody Enterprise, and still is in operation today. She also organized fundraisers and invited famous rodeo performers to demonstrate their skills at the nightly rodeos. These town leaders had little idea that they would create an event that would be enjoyed and remembered by generations of Cody residents and visitors from all around the world. Much like watching the, for the appearance of the first bear cubs every spring, a favorite pastime among town locals is to predict the identity of the Cody Stampede Parade Grand Marshal. This year's Grand Marshal, whoever it may be, will be in good company. Grand Marshals of previous Cody Stampede parades included Chuck Yeager, John Wayne, Crow Tribe Leader, Dr. Joe Medicine Crow, Gary Cooper, Longmire Actor, Robert Taylor, Champion Bullfighter, Dusty Tuckness, Wilford Brimley, Dennis Weaver, and Steven Seagal. Coffee shop chatter about the identity of this year's Grand Marshal will soon start ramping up, said Wade, and it won't let up until announcement is made sometime in June. Wade advised travelers to book accommodations for the Cody Stampede soon. The town offers an array of lodges, hotels, guest ranches, and campgrounds. Visitors may find an array of activities to keep them engaged when not enjoying the Cody Stampede event. Among them, the Sleeping Giant Zipline, Dan Miller's Cowboy Music Review, Heart Mountain World War II Interpretive Center, Buffalo Bill Center of the West, Old Trail Town and Museum of the West, and the Cody Trolley Tour. There may be also activities outdoors, such as horseback riding, hiking, fly fishing, rafting, and kayak. Just a kind of a sidebar on Grand Marshals. Here a couple years ago, Mike Leach, football coach. Our sports fans would recognize the name. He passed away this past year from a heart issue. He was a Cody native, grew up in Cody, and he always went back every summer. And he was the Grand Marshal. Quite a varying group, quite an interesting group of grand marshals. I wonder who will be the grand marshal this year. But definitely an event to take in. The rodeo is spectacular. They brought up Caroline Lockhart. We have done a story on her in a previous podcast about uh, her existence and what she did and what she meant. Her writing was this outstanding and what she did for Cody and the state of Wyoming. So definitely a fun event to go to. Again, make sure you are prepared for it. There's quite a crowd up there. It's hard to get around, but it's definitely worth it. And, again, there's rodeos every night, starting with the Extreme Bulls, and it happens every night, and then there'll be rodeos going on all through the summer. in Cody, nice place to visit. Put it on your list, and then you can start from there, and you can make a lot of journeys around. One note that we talk about, Beartooth Highway, that is the road you leave Cody, head north, and you end up going across on Chief Joseph Highway up near Cook City. And you can either go into the park, into the Yellowstone Park, or you can go and you can head up the Beartooth Pass and then go down into Red Lodge, Montana. Uh, a week ago, Beartooth Pass got four foot of snow. Our Wyoming weather, pretty strange, just a lot of things to do. Enjoy your 4th of July and make sure it's a safe one. Taking a look at the history of the 4th of July from T.A. Larson, The History of Wyoming. The 4th of July was a great secular holiday, requiring elaborate plans, although certain features appear again and again. Citizens were usually awakened between 3 or 4 in the evening, In the morning, by cannons, small firearm, firecrackers, and torpedoes, after which stream locomotives, whistles, and bells greeted the dawn. Soldiers sometimes fired artillery salutes at sunrise and at noon. Two indispensable ingredients of a proper Fourth of July celebration were the display of flags and bunting, and the reading of the Declaration of Independence. Prominent citizens, nearly always men, were chosen as readers. The orator flowed almost as freely as the whiskey, Edders had little to say about the oratory except on rare occasions. In 1870, the Cheyenne leader noted that Judge Howell's address was out of the usual line of 4th of July rhetoric. And in 1890, festivities were parade, band music, patriotic songs, barbecues, rainstorms, <laughs> shooting matches, horse races, and a great variety of athletic contests. Foot, wheelbarrow, and hurdle races, jumping, putting the stone, faulting, and throwing a hammer. Commonly, men and boys tried to climb a grease pole to win a reward resting on top. Often, a shaved and greased pig was released, and a reward offered to anyone who could capture it. There were a few baseball games. South Pass City and Atlantic City clashed at South Pass in 1870. Fort Russell and Fort Sanders offered baseball competition for Cheyenne and Laramie teams, with scores in the 30s, not unusual. Beginning in the late 1870, firemen's tournaments became a regular feature of the celebration. There being straightaway races and more complicated hook and ladder and water test contests. A town of any size had a hundred or more volunteer firemen or two or more companies. At Cheyenne in 1880, the Denver firemen claimed that when they competed at the water test, the pressure was much less for them than it had been for the Cheyenne team, making it necessary for them to wait four seconds for water. They objected, furthermore, to having all the judges be from Cheyenne. Of course, there were accidents. At Laramie in 1876, a whirlwind struck the ladies' stand, brought down the awning and its supports, and inflicted several scalp wounds. Certain features which would be introduced in Wyoming celebrations of the 4th of July in the 1890s were strangely absent in the territorial period. Cowboys and cowgirls on horseback, Wild West events, bicycle races, there were many horse and a few dozen bicycle and many riders for them, but they were not incorporated into the parades. Clifford B. Westermeyer noted that Cheyenne had steer riding on the 4th of July in 1872, but that was certainly an exception on the territorial period. Inevitably, there was a dance in the evening, sometimes lasting till morning. The volunteer firemen, who dominated the celebration more than any other group, usually sponsored these dances, making some money for their organizations. Occasionally, there were fireworks displays in the evenings. For adults, there was much unpleasantness associated with the annual 4th of July observance. The celebration is over, thank heaven, wrote editor Hayford, in 1879. In 1885, he commented at somewhat greater length. It was about like all Fourth of Julys. Small boys whooped and yelled, exploded firecrackers and torpedoes, and grown men stood around wishing it was over. Fourth of July is the hardest day in the whole year, and everybody except boys, children, dread it for months ahead. Look back to it with horror for months afterwards. As it is, the Fourth of July is a holy terror and ought to be abolished. Hayford recommended more sensible observations going into the country. He said, ride, row, picnic, hunt, fish, get together in families, have a nice dinner, play croquet, and swing in the hammocks. A rather different interpretation of the 4th of July back in territorial Wyoming. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you enjoy our podcast. As per the Code of the West... We ride for the brand and we ride for Wyoming.